Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, this is Janine, host of the Olive Magazine podcast. You're listening to episode three of a special series of podcasts we've put together to help our listeners during the lead up to Christmas. In this episode, I chat to food editor Anna about the magic of Christmas markets and how to create some of the classic food they serve at home, from spicy glue to creamy tart flambe. So I'm delighted to welcome to the Olive Magazine podcast Christmas special this week, Anna Glover, who has written a fantastic feature on our Christmas issue, which is still on shelf, all about Christmas market food. Um, You would have seen Anna in the issue, has got a little byline pic there. She's food editor, writing across Olive. Uh, She works across video for Olive magazine and for Good Food magazine. And she's an all-round brilliant recipe writer as well. So welcome, Anna. What a fantastic introduction. Yeah, well, Hi, Janine. Yeah. It's Christmas, isn't it? Merry Christmas <laughs> yeah. as well. Um, yeah, Merry Christmas. I've been listening to the Christmas songs today. Oh, good. <laughs> Getting in the mood. <laughs> Getting, yeah, exactly. Not got your tree up yet, though. Not yet. Not yeah. yet. In a couple of weeks, probably. Yeah. And I know that you're um, a big fan of the Christmas market, Anna. Yeah. Um, and they've always been huge in Europe, haven't they? But I feel like they're getting, or they were getting, especially in the last few years, a lot more popular in the UK. Absolutely. I think they're getting bigger and bigger every year. Uh, so I grew up near Manchester and Manchester have got massive uh, Christmas markets. They're sort of really important um, for people there. They're sort of, uh, they're very nostalgic, I think. Like yeah. People go there and you go with your family and you get like mulled wine and sausage, like breakfast, sausage in a bun, that sort of thing. And it's the music in Christmas markets that really gets me. Like that's what like takes me back. Um, and the big inflatable Santa on the town hall in Manchester, <laughs> which they bring back every year. Um, but so I absolutely love the music. They always play like the Glockenspiel music, which is very like Lovely. very festive. And I just love um, I love those little wooden huts. It's the wooden huts, isn't it? I was trying to describe. It's almost like. Um... Not like um, like a fair kind of vibe, isn't it? The sort of huts yeah. with the little dec- decorative like wood. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's beautiful. And they are getting a bit more neon every, as years go past, <laughs> and there are a few Blame. more like rides and things. But it's like the sort of the big fire pits with the big hanging, swinging yeah. metal cages with like, you know, the sausages uh, sizzling on them, which is the bit that gets me really excited and those smells as you walk past. Yeah, I think someone at some point must have gone to you know what we we know like um various places in europe especially like germany and um eastern europe i've got it they're huge there and someone must have gone over there and thought that's such a brilliant idea i'm going to bring that to manchester and they really embraced it oh i'm pleased they did and so the london ones are getting bigger and bigger as well but unfortunately this year we can't we can't visit them 
So um, we thought we'd bring them to to the home. Um, but some inspiration that um, we've we've sort of taken for this feature is yeah. I was lucky enough to go to Bad Homburg, which is near Frankfurt, last year to oh, visit nice. some friends uh, for a holiday, which is lovely. Um, and so I got a bit of inspiration for sort of like German street food, uh, Christmas market food there. Yeah. Um, so there's lots of lots of delicious things, all very sort of uh, very meaty, very bready, <laughs> very, very yeah. sludgy, which is great because it's quite chilly and that's exactly what you yeah. need uh, to sort of soak up the beer and the, the, the glue wine. Because um, the bit, I mean, the, you, we, we're going to talk about the glue wine later, but it's, you know, again, you have that and then you have, because obviously in Europe and in the UK as well, like the kind of whole craft beer thing's escalated quite a lot, hasn't it? So I think even those sorts of elements are starting to creep in too. Totally. It's kind of nice to see little uh, like local producers selling things like honey or, you know, um, sort of handmade uh, Christmas decorations and things like that. Mm. And I really like that element. But also, like you say, craft beer is it's become quite big and you can go and um, buy sort of like local, you know, local breweries have a stall and you can go and try their beer and, and take some away for presents, which I really like. Yeah. Um, and they pair great with breakfast as well. So you can have a... <laughs> what doesn't? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and some of the um, some of the things that you mentioned as well before, so you've got like, um, uh, how do you pronounce it? Spats, spatzles? Spats. Oh, so, yeah, so there are a few other things that I tried um, in Bad Homburg that uh, were absolutely delicious, which is spetzel. Yeah. Spetzel. Spetzel. Uh, spetzel. Apologies, yeah. Yeah, apologies for my German uh, yeah. accent, but it's sort of like egg noodles. Um, yeah. And they're pressed or through like a like a potato ricer or like through a colander. So oh, they become yeah, like uh, thin noodles and they, they, go, they drop into boiling water. Yeah. Uh, and then they're like covered in cheese. It's almost like oh, wow. uh, macaroni cheese, but it's really, really rich. And the eggs are quite dense. Like the yeah. sorry, the egg noodles are very dense. Yeah. So that's a really delicious, very, very warming thing, and great for a hangover as well <laughs> if you've had too many beers the night before. Yeah. <laughs> um, another thing that I absolutely loved when I went over there was curry burst, which yeah. I hadn't had before. And I kind of had it in my head that it was almost like a katsu curry, you know, right. like a um, like a smooth sort of um, mild curry spooned over the top of a sausage. Yeah. But it's it's uh, it's it's not that. It's like tomato ketchup with mild curry spicing, yeah. and it's very very acidic. And I absolutely loved it. I thought it was really it was sort of um, like with 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 sausages. It's kind of like the condiment really really makes it. Yeah. And that is and it's it's lovely. Um, I think I was a bit like you though because I I I encountered curry first in Berlin, and. Um, and slightly hungover, was thinking it was going to be like, you know, when you get like a bad sausage and you get curry sauce from the chip shop curry. Yeah, yes. chip shop curry. That's so, what I so had in my, my head. head. Yeah, so so did I, slightly hungover, thinking this is going to sort me out. And then she put a sausage in a bun, squirted some more sauce and then got this dredger and just dredged loads of like curry powder on top. And I was like, what? Um, I have to say I didn't love it because I... The, the idea of like powdered spice like yeah. straight onto the top of it wasn't but I can kind yeah. of see why you know I can see I can I can see where it comes from I still think I prefer curry sauce with sausage <laughs> <laughs> and I also like get curry sauce in the chippy <laughs> something you did a recipe for but something that's just so um typical is the 
the Lebecan, isn't it? The gingerbread. Yes, yeah, All the, kinds of gingerbread or ginger biscuits just seem to be massive across Europe. They are, yeah. And I, I, love, I love the idea that everyone has their own way, you know, every sort of country has their own way of, of, of making them. Yeah. And the, the Liebkuchen are like soft. They're really, really cakey. Yeah, the they're cakey, yeah. Yeah, and it's very, very typical to eat that um, over Christmas. And I just, it's really, you can actually get them in the markets. It's a different type, it's not as cakey, mm. but you get them as giant plaques or like hearts with lots of really? icing, like hand piped on them, lots of like decorative. Yeah, and you get them hanging up in German markets. So you might spot those if you are. Uh, so they're quite big. Like when you said, yeah, yeah, on. they're like they're like plate size. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> you can have like um, sort of like Merry Christmas on them, or like people's oh. names and things. But they're they're a bit harder. They're more like our typical gingerbread yeah. rather than like the cakey soft type. But I really really like that texture. It's almost like the cross between a biscuit and a cake. Yeah, it is. it's the... it's get it's a get used to texture, isn't it? Because when you first have it, you're kind of like, oh. Are these a bit off? Like not off, but you know, yeah. when biscuits are soft, but that's actually how they should be. Yeah. And um it's really nice that they spice them very, very mildly, but also yeah. it's the honey. It's the honey in them that's like the signature oh, thing. So okay. obviously we put like a lot of treacle in ours or like lots of brown sugar and molasses and things, yeah. but like it's the honey that gives them that really subtle flavour. Yeah. One thing I really um love the idea of Christmas markets is how distinctive all of the different things that you can get there are because we've got a we've got a brilliant um guide online to um to european christmas markets and olivemagazine.com and i was reading it earlier before our chat just to have a little look around what was what was there and actually you know even if we can't get there it's such a good read i was finding out about um in latvia riga which has got a, a really famous christmas market and I learned that it was one of the first places to put up a Christmas tree as we know it in the town square. And that was in 1510. No way. So, yeah, wow. so, so they've been on it a long time. Yeah. And, um, and the speciality you have there is something called grey peas, which doesn't sound that lush. But actually, um, peas are actually just like a dried legume, so it's like a dried pulse. Okay. So, they're, so they're simmered and they're not grey at all. I think they just call them grey. Um they're simmered until they're nice and soft and like unctuous and then you fry them with sticky onions and crispy bacon which sounds loads better doesn't it, it oh doesn't yeah sound like... <laughs> oh yeah put, put crispy bacon and sticky onions on anything and it's going to yeah. be delicious that sounds like a proper rib sticker though that's uh, exactly what you need i think when that's sort of in yeah the i think that is the the theme running through the christmas market food i i, I we stumbled on one in, in paris one year and um, one of the things that they had was this huge, you were saying before about the massive, um, those massive like cages with sausages and stuff in. Yeah. But one thing I think that kind of unites them all as well is those huge kind of, not not like a cauldron, almost like a giant black paella pan hanging off the ceiling, you know, like yes. a huge kind of frying pan. And this one was just full of, um, of tartiflette. You know, some oh, layers yeah. of potato and cream and bacon and cheese. So I got like a massive vat of that and just walked around the market sort of eating it. So I think stodge is the key, isn't it? We also have a recipe for flamkuchen, which is yeah. kind of on a similar on a similar uh, note to that. Um, yeah. And it's a very, very thin pizza base, but it's got creme fraiche and then bacon and onions on it. Mm, so good. And it's, yeah, it's so thin. It's almost like you couldn't even really like call it a pizza. It's 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 not. It's like a very very sort of flatbread, 
Um, but it's honestly it's so rich and creamy and it's ready in like one to two minutes when it's made in, in these wood fire ovens traditionally. Fantastic. But we've adapted it to the home kitchen. So yeah. try it. <laughs> it's like it's kind of like ski food as well, isn't it? Anytime the temperature drops, it's like you just want carbs. Yeah. I think um yeah, isn't um top flambe there's there is one thing, I think it's like carb on carb. I can't remember. Maybe it's just that classic pizza where you get like potato oh, on as well tartiflette is that tartiflette tartiflette i think is the dish is just is just the the one i said which is just the sliced things layered potatoes up yeah but there is a kind of there's definitely mm. a kind of bread where you then get potatoes and cream as well so you like doubled up on carbs but yeah anyway just talk talking about your christmas market at food home <laughs> so it's such a beautiful feature and it's really inspired me to think you know, if we can possibly, um, and I think we can under the new rules, meet meet outside or maybe meet in our gardens, um, that we could be, you know, we could be doing this. Yeah. Um, or, or, you know, your family's round and you just want to make the most of like, you know, being outside. Maybe if you've got like a fire pit or a barbecue and stuff, you can yeah. kind of get that slightly, maybe with the back door open so you can jump in and get warm again. <laughs> But you can definitely re- recreate that vibe at home, can't you? What what other kinds of things have you got in the feature? I think that's it's that's the, the beautiful thing about about this food is that it is so hearty and even you could like just put some more wine with it as well. Yeah. You are able to you know celebrate outside comfortably, uh, distanced uh, with your with your family and sort of celebrate. But yeah. it's the smell, it's the smell of the, the smoke that, that gets me, yeah. that sort of like takes me straight back into a German market. And so definitely if you, um, so we've got some gorgeous uh, bratwurst or, or currywurst, <coughs> whichever you prefer. Um, but if you griddle or grill the sausages on the barbecue, that will really take you straight back into the market. Yeah. What kind um, of sausages do you use for that then? So, so a lot of supermarkets do sell like specific bratwurst sausages, oh, but if you can't okay. get hold, yeah. But if you can't get hold of them, then like a really good quality meaty butcher sausage would do the trick. So you yeah. don't want anything too spiced, nothing too herby, just really good quality. And natural casing is quite important as well because you want that snap and that like yeah. pop uh, when you when you bite into it, yeah. uh, which I think is quite important. Yeah, I think even some of the some of the um like you said the supermarkets had I know in the summer that they brought out kind of you know posher versions of hot dog like not the mushy ones but the ones with a natural case and snap and stuff so they would work yeah. quite well wouldn't they and you yeah you haven't done the 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 curry powder horror you've actually made um a nice little sort of spiced ketchup haven't you yeah that's the, <laughs> the sauce yeah so sometimes in Germany, they would slice the sausage up into sort of coins and then toss it through yes. the sauce. Oh. And so then you'd have a fork and you'd have the crusty bread or like mm. a pretzel roll or something alongside it. Um, but I thought what would be really nice if you made a sauce that you could just, you know, help yourself to and like put it on put it on all the sausages, which is yeah. really nice rather than faffing around slicing them. Um, but there are also a couple of other extra special condiments because... Uh, I absolutely love a condiment. So there are a few other things <laughs> like I know mustard is mustard is key, and then yeah. some sauerkraut and things like that. So anything you want to put on it, uh, even some pickles, would be delicious. You could do like a little um, buffet of condiments, I love and then that, once like, they're DIY. off the grill, yeah, yeah, uh, that would be fantastic. Especially if you've got a couple of people that you're able to, you know, uh, celebrate with in the garden. Um, 
but the, the thing about them that I found is definitely about the size of them. So like, obviously, if you get right. some supermarket sausages that are a bit short and it's almost the, the celebration of the breakfast is how, <laughs> how big they are compared yeah. to the bread roll, which is, which is, yeah. They're like, the, they are the original comedy sausage, aren't they? <laughs> they are. They're fantastic. <laughs> like the way they just stick out the ends of the buns. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, always a bit precarious trying to put mustard on those two sides because if they drip. <laughs> I was just thinking actually, um, because if you had if you did get your barbecue out, um and you had a, a kind of flat plate, you could do your flam your flam cooking on the barbecue as well, yes. didn't you? Absolutely. If you've got like a pizza stone that goes yeah. on your uh barbecue, or even if you've got like a sturdy uh baking sheet or something yeah. or a baking tray. Uh, that would be absolutely great. And why not if you've got the barbecue lit? Um, yeah, you might as well make the most of having yeah. the heat. And then, you know, just get, a, make sure you've got a good, because it probably will cool down faster than it would in the summer, a nice big bag of coals to keep on building it up so everyone can use it as a little brazier as well and stand around in Scotland. And hopefully cupping a nice big mug of mulled wine. So you've got quite absolutely. a few nice ideas, haven't you, for like jazzing it up? Yeah, so um, I was sort of doing a bit of research about the difference between glühwein and oh, yeah. mulled wine. It's it? always baffled me. <laughs> I, there isn't, so from what I've sort of read, I don't think there is much difference. It's just that mm. everyone has their own recipe and obviously glühwein is like the, the German word for it. Mm. And it, to me, it seems that um, everyone, you know, you can spice it however you like. And I think yeah. every family has got their own little way of doing it. But it seems like blue vine has all of the um, all of the sort of like the things that are infused into it strained out, and they serve it in big vats or cauldrons. Right. Um. In in German markets, whereas you know, uh, mulled wine at home, you typically make it in a pan or something, and you know, yeah. you, you'd have everything's infused in there. Yeah. Um. So a few a few tips if you're making mulled wine this like, this brilliant. season. Brilliant. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So I've used the typical like lemon orange flavors and then sort of like cinnamon. Mm. But um, I think it's such a personal preference, like how sweet you like it, how yeah. sort of um, how boozy you like it, and Def- you could almost uh, mix it up with those of different spices that you have in your in your sort of spice cupboard. So mm. I've experimented with like cardamom and bay leaves. I've got bay leaves in this one as well, Lovely, which gives yeah. it a really really nice like um, like a herbal note, which that is really great. Yeah, and then you could try with different types of peppercorns as well if you have oh. some, just to give it like a nice like depth of flavour and depth of spice. Um, and nutmeg is great in in uh, mulled wine. Um, also, if you've got some fresh ginger as well, that gives really really oh, yeah. warming notes to it. You've gone um, you've gone full on on this one, haven't you? Because I'm looking because I remember, I'm sure like with like when Delia Delia makes mulled wine she puts equal amounts of red wine and orange juice or something but this is yeah this, this is, is literally just the wine this is this is the glue the glue wine which is just serving small serving small glasses because it's actually even got an extra little tot of what's well, not even a tot 50 mils of brandy or rum added to it yeah. as well so this is a nod to something that I saw in Frankfurt which was <laughs> um I forgive my pronunciation, but it's a uh, boy. Hang on, let me let me just grab grab it. So <laughs> forgive my forgive my pronunciation, but it's boy zangenbola, which is <laughs> get ready for this. It is the absolute <laughs> ultimate <laughs> mulled wine. So it's a block of sugar, 
soaked in rum and then oh sap God. a light and then as that sugar a sort of um, melts and caramelizes it drips into the mulled wine and it gives like the most amazing God. nutty caramelized flavors but so I've got a little nod to that in the in the glue vine yeah. in the issue I just put a little splash of rum in because also one of the important things that for me about making mulled wine is that you don't boil it don't bring it up yeah. to any any heat you just want it you just want it hot not yeah. absolutely boiling hot because you don't want to you don't want to evaporate any of that alcohol precious booze <laughs> yeah <laughs> so if you add a splash at the end it's almost like you're just compensating for any steam any sort of like you know but it also adds to the flavor as well which is fantastic it just cuts through all the richness that description was um, just pure like Game of Thrones mulled wine to me. <laughs> it, feels, it feels very, yeah, it does. It feels like it should be in some like massive cathedral somewhere yeah. with like fur coats. <laughs> but as you said, probably not one to um, try and emulate at home. No, because, you no. Know, I mean, maybe you could do like sugar cubes or something, but... <laughs> you can do, I mean, there's a, there's, a, there's that um, cocktail, isn't there? Champagne cocktail where you, you put a sugar cube in the bottom of a glass and then you add a splash of I think it's brandy or cognac yeah, and then and then yeah. top it up with champagne I mean it's lethal yeah. absolutely lethal <laughs> but delicious but that's Maybe more one, one for the summer yeah that's really. brilliant Anna oh well thank you so much for coming and sharing all those tips with us um I mean it's getting on what time is it now it's 20 past four I might just you know I've got some mulled wine spices in the it's freezing outside I might just go knock myself up a little glass but um loads of tips for that by the time this podcast out um all of those recipes are going to be online as well at olivermagazine.com so if anyone wants to go and check them out um do so but yeah thanks again for talking to us thank you you've been listening to a special christmas episode of the olive magazine podcast we're having a break for the holidays but we'll return in january with a new series so please do listen out for that in the meantime, you can find loads of brilliant recipes and helpful advice at our website, olivemagazine.com, where you can also listen to our back catalogue of over 200 podcast episodes. And if you're looking for a great subscription, why not take advantage of our special Christmas offer of $29.99 for every 13 issues, saving a huge 56% off the usual shop price. Go to buysubscriptions.com forward slash all pod 1220 that's o-l-p-o-d 1220 and redeem your offer today offer ends 31st of december have a great holiday and we'll be back in 2021 with loads more great food and drink chat. Mm-hmm.